Hey, what's up, my people? I wanted to do this video for a long time. I, I don't really know why I was procrastinating on it, but I want to bring to your attention, if you don't know about this special book called Relentless by Tim Grover. Now, Tim Grover is from India, I believe, uh, and he came to the States. His father pretty much had nothing. I mean, he had nothing, so much so that Tim, Tim Grover's mom was in America, I think, for about two years before uh, him, his dad, and uh, I think either his brother or sister, I, I, for, I forget, came to the country. Well, when they came to the country, uh, he was so young that he didn't really understand until looking back, and if you watch it in an interview, he cries about it, I think a couple times. In, in different interviews but in one instance when they they get to America they're riding around in the taxi cab and his father is like you know they're riding they aren't quite at the destination and his father's like okay we'll get out right here and he was telling uh, his children that you know we're just gonna go sightseeing and things like that we just want to you know, just check out the scenery or whatever but looking back, he connected the dots and realized that it was because his father had absolutely no money. No money at all. Um, and uh, his father ended up taking a job, I think, at a morgue or something like that. So, something that has something to do with dismembering uh, you know, body parts. So, so something like that. But um, I, and I don't want to butcher his story. I definitely recommend you checking out the interviews with him in it. But his book is more so about his life, okay? Because fast forward, he, you know, he played basketball, didn't work out for him, then he became a sports trainer, and then he ended up becoming the one of the top sports trainers of all time, if not, if not the greatest, okay? Because he ended up training the greatest. He was requested by the greatest, okay? So, some of the names, Michael Jordan, I'm sure you all heard of him, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, Hakeem Olajuwon, Scottie Pippen, Charles Barkley, to name a few, okay? Uh, so, the man definitely knew his shit, and he was Michael Jordan's personal trainer, or you know, I, I don't know the exact term, but he was, he was a trainer of his, his whole career, uh, even when he was with the Wizards, too. Um, so, so, I mean, his book, Relentless, Relentless is amazing, and I'm just going to break it down to five things that I learned, but it's, it's, there's so much more, man. It's one of those few books that I read multiple times and will read again because it just hits you right where you need it. You know, it really wakes you up. It really puts some hair on your balls, seriously. So the first thing that I, that I learned is practice harder than the game. So, Basically, what he would do in his training is practice sessions of Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. By the way, he had Michael Jordan on a sugar-free diet. Um, so he was just able to dog people at the end of the game when they were getting all fatigued and they needed their Gatorade. But anyway, he, uh, he, made, he made the practices harder than the game would ever be. And if you know about Kobe Bryant, you know Kobe Bryant would practice three hours before the game. The game is starting, he, you know, he's still liable to drop 40, 50 on you, 60. Okay? So, 
Tim Grover believed in making the practices harder than the game would be. Can you only imagine if you trained to run 10 miles a day and then you get to boot camp, for example, and they say, well, you're going to run five miles today. And everybody mentally, like, oh, shit, five miles, my damn. And you used to running 10 miles. You're just like, that's it. You know, and it's not a, after a while, it just doesn't become enough for you. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, at that point, it's not enough for you. And if you got a competitive nature, when that's done, everybody want to rest or whatever. I mean, you're looking for more. It's not enough. And that's what happens when you practice harder than the game. So how does that translate to everyday life, for example? Uh, let's take being uncomfortable. Um, for example, uh, your cold showers, you're you waking up, you're working out, and, and you're just doing a lot of uncomfortable things. Waking up early, getting out of bed even though you're a dog tired and you could you could go to sleep, you could go back to sleep. Just Just things like that. And when you take control of your suffering, the suffering... The suffer the obstacles that get thrown in your direction won't affect you as much, okay? If at all. Okay. So if I'm used to maneuvering through the suffering that I put myself through, okay, I'm not finding the easy way out, I'm pushing straight through it, then I become less occupied with other people may bring to me, okay? Alright, so I'm I'm not worried too much about What's going on over there? What's going on over there? I'm focused on my suffering. I'm focused on what I got going on right here. All right? Through the trenches is where we are made. Okay? Uh, so practice harder than you play. All right? Always up the level of difficulty because there's going to be a lot that you can't control that you're going to have to deal with. You have to callous your mind in a sense, as I learned from David Goggins. You have to callous your mind to be able to deal with the external world, okay? And it and it's not a unhealthy thing, is is what I'm trying to drill in. It's just to prepare you, all right? It's proper preparation, all right? So the next thing is don't go looking for the call of uh, for the call to action um, or the call to take action. So you'll want to do something. You don't need you don't need permission. Don't you know? Don't try to get somebody's blessing. Don't be waiting for somebody's blessing. Uh, don't wait for someone to hype you up. Don't wait for someone to say, "Hey, go on, man. You should you should really go do that thing." Don't go waiting for that. All right. You do it because you want to do it. You give yourself permission. All right. Nobody should have more power over your life than you. Give yourself permission to do the things you want to do. Give yourself your own blessing. All right, most people aren't just aren't going to have your best interests in mind, and they won't always be around. Okay, it's all on you. You know, if you if you learn to respect yourself a little bit more, you learn to rely on yourself a little bit more. Okay. So, uh, once again, don't wait until somebody else give you the green light. That's on you. Alright, so the next thing is that when you're finished, seek more. Okay? It's never really a time to celebrate, okay? When you reach a milestone, man, you know, 
I, I'm not a stick in the mud. If you want to have a little drink or whatever, whatever you want to do, but don't let that don't let that get to your head. Don't let that allow you to get too comfortable. And I'll give you an example from my life. Not even 24 hours ago, I finished up my new book. Uh, and it's it's the biggest book that I've ever written, which probably isn't saying much, but the process was very simple because I I just set it up that way, okay? So it's, it's a book that consists of 50 posts, and I just focused, focused on 10 at a time. And I was supposed to do 10 a day. During the weekend, I didn't do anything. Yesterday, I knocked out 30 to finish it off. But anyway, as I finished, you know, I had a, I had a little joy, which is kind of kind of rare for me these days to finish something and have a little bit of joy. Um, but just as just as soon as I finished writing it, finished editing it, you know, I still got to uh, publish it and all that. Um, and I'll probably do that today or tomorrow. Um. I, you know, but just as soon as I finish, I, I'm, I'm thinking about what's next. You know, I, I do have a bit of an insatiable nature. Sometimes it, work, it works against me, but I think in the grand scheme of things, it'll be one of my greatest assets. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm learning not to let it get to my head too much. I'm not letting it beat me up too much, but it just won't allow me to get too comfortable. And I think that's okay. There's no problem with that. Um, so, so then I'm like, what's next? How can I up, how can I up my level of intensity? How can I step my game up? What more can I bring to this? You know, cause I'd be telling myself, I mean, this is, this is, uh, this is a self-help piece, but I've been, you know, I've been telling myself, okay, I think it's time to, that I get out of nonfiction, start working on fiction and things like that. But just as soon as I can finish uh, one project, I mean, you know, I'm already coming up with ideas for more, so I just won't, I won't, uh, I won't do that anymore, I won't make that mistake of trying to convince myself that it's over when it's, when it's just not, so I'm, I'm always looking for what's to come, okay, it, it's not that I can't be grateful, and I am working on my gratitude and practices, I just want to put as much material out there as possible, as much quality material as possible and I just feel like that I'm the man for the job not the only man but I'm the man for the job same way uh, that I do these YouTube videos you know at one point I put out five a day or five in one day but I realized that the algorithm <laughs> wouldn't favor me for doing that so you know I'm trying to make this work the best way possible and also just feeding off my own motivation Again, like this is another example. No, nobody said, "Well, you should, you should do a YouTube video," you know. And I mean, if somebody did, I wish they would have said that when YouTube came out, and maybe I, you know, I would be a lot further ahead. But right now, while I'm not getting paid to do YouTube videos, it takes a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, self motivation to really get up and and do something like that. I mean, well, motivation is bullshit. So it's not even necessarily that I'm motivated to do it. I just feel like it's something that I have to do. Do what you have to do, which is another lesson in the book, but I didn't write that down, but I should speak on that, you know, so 
whatever you feel like at any given moment that you have to do. It might not be sexy. It might not make you feel good. The thought of it, you know, may make you sick to your stomach. But if you have to do it, you have to do it. You do it now, and you don't have to worry about it piling up, and then you have to do it later, okay? Doing the things that you don't want to do, as I heard David Goggins speak on before as well, it will make you stronger, okay? It's that resistance. It's being uncomfortable, but doing it anyway. All right? So the next thing is don't play down to the level of competition. Now, it is a well-known theory that you are the average of the five people you hang around, which is extremely tough, man. I just, I wish there were a way around that. But it's tough, man. You hang around a bunch of mediocre people. Eventually, you know, you, you may end up practicing their very, you know, the same thing they're practicing. Just... So you won't end up being lonely for fear of being judged as well. Just trying to fit in. No. Like, do not do that. Dominate without reason, okay? I mean, without explanation. Now, always have a reason as to why you want to dominate. You just don't do it for for the sake of dominating. But it's because you want greatness. You want great things out of yourself. Okay, you don't want to live a mediocre life. If you did, then, you know, then it'd be perfectly fine to practice uh, mediocre tactics. But that, that's not the that's not what you want to do. You don't want to just work and then come home and watch television. Or if you don't have a job, you don't want to just watch television all day, eat ice cream, and get fat and un, unhealthy and, un, and unhappy. Um, so just... Like you said in the book, get on my level, all right? Now, it's a little something extra. It's probably like get on my level or get lost or get on, you know, something like that. But, hey, get on my level or be gone, all right? There's a lot of people who don't mind going to the mediocre parties, all right? So, I'm sure you'd be, I'm sure you'd be fine without me, all right? But you just keep that over there because what I'm trying to do over here is, is something that people like me or people I'm related to, the family I'm from, they aren't accustomed to. These are things they, they've never done before, all right? And, you know, I, I, all the times I wanted to commit suicide in my life, I didn't put off suicide so I could be mediocre, so I could live a, hmm, yeah, not so bad, yeah, it could be better type of fucking life, all right? I want to make something out of my life. So I'm not playing down to the level of competition or, or you know, uh, playing down to my peers or what have you. I mean, because I, I say play down to the level of competition is because he was a sports trainer. So we're talking about the game here. We're talking about the game of basketball and sports. And So if you are involved in sports, you know, this is pretty direct. But in life, just don't play down to the level of people around you. Okay, even if you're around some pretty upstanding people, people of a higher IQ, people of great morale, of great morale or great morality, who have great morality, you still want to play according to where you are. All right. Now, I do believe in leveling with people, but that's not going to be the norm. All right. 
eventually they're going to have to try to level with you. All right. So and the last thing, a bit controversial, but I understand is embrace your dark side. Okay, so this does not mean you do evil things like you fucking watch kid porn or you sacrifice, I don't know, pregnant women after dark. But this is embracing that part of you that is maybe frowned upon, that may not have anything to do with your professional life, but it balance it. it I would say balance you out, but in a sense, it gives you life, okay? So, some of his examples were, uh, I think he said with Michael Jordan, his thing was like gambling. I don't think it was, I don't think he said drinking, but it was like gambling, okay? And then he mentioned, he mentioned Tiger Woods, which I think was a great example. Tiger Woods, his dark side was just knocking women back, okay? Now, say, say what you want about, um him cheating and the scandal and that's wrong and look that conversation is for somebody else not for me what i'm what i'm saying is his career was very much flourishing when he was knocking women back behind the scenes and the moment that came to light man his career derailed now he just won the masters recently so that's pretty cool he's probably back to knocking women you know knocking these women back i don't know but whatever embracing your dark side so you, I don't know if you, if this is common or whatever, but don't be surprised to hear that a lot of successful businessmen, for example, are slaves. You know, in the in the BDSM sense. Um, so after a, a hard day of bossing people around and making millions of dollars per year, they like to go home, be tied up, be whipped. You know be somebody's baby or you know just you know just things like that I, I won't particularly say it's weird but it's very interesting because they obviously wouldn't want their employees to know something like that but it gives them life it gives them a release all right so other dark side practices um i would say well along the lines of bdsm i think it's, pre it's pretty you know pretty dark pretty sexy Things that give you life. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of a particular practice that I may uh, indulge in. Uh, I def I definitely have dealt with BDSM. Never been a slave, but a dom, and that makes me feel. Oh, that's very. It's actually very empowering to have someone submit to you from the general sense. But when they do anything you tell them to do. That's just, uh, it's just ex an extreme turn on. Uh, so I think that's a great dark side practice. And and again, like like I mentioned, the, the slave of, in, in the BDSM sense gets a lot of life from it too. Um, it's very interesting dichotomy, man. But definitely embrace your dark side. Um, I, I know I like to practice, you know, live a life. Uh, and, and, and quiet that you would live in public, in a public eye, and I pretty much do, but some things aren't for the public eye that I still want to practice, okay? So some people may think that my, um, uh, my, my, uh, my sexual meditation 
is is a bit dark. I mean, it's I mean, it's really just masturbating to the edge while listening to moaning sounds on YouTube. But if somebody were to interview me and you know they say, "Well, what gets you going?" and things like that, that's not something that they would expect to hear, you know. But I think that if placed in that position, I, I may mention it. I think the world may be ready to hear something like that as opposed to, well, you know, I wake up in the morning and I focus on my breathing and uh, which are also things that I do. But embrace your dark side, my friends. I mean, to talk a hole in your, in your head, but I think it was very important to cover those bases. Um, so whatever that may mean for you, you know, you may be feeling some guilt about it, but so long as it's not unethical, so long as you aren't harming people and taking advantage of people, I think it's pretty much pretty much okay so if gambling is what is what turns you on and you don't have an addiction fine if it's sex if it's bdsm if it's edging if it's uh you know drinking the hard stuff uh, whatever that may be if it's you know watching women kiss each other always incorporate that in your life you know so uh i just want to close this by saying Always seek more, my friends. I appreciate all the support. Um, Do your best. All right. So take care.